Quest, episode 15, Supergirl. Welcome to Sequel Quest, the podcast that dares to imagine sequels to your favorite films and movie franchises. A journey into the realm of cinematic possibilities. With your hosts, Adam, Jeff, Justin, and Jeremy. Let the adventure begin now. Look, up in the sky, it's a chick, it's a dame, it's... Supergirl! Is that offensive? Yeah, I know. You really should have gone with the... It's a lady. Anything else. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I was was just in keeping with the misogynistic tone of this film. Yeah, good. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Keeping with the misogynistic tone. All right. All right, everybody. Welcome to Sequel Quest. Oh, yes, indeed. You are in for an adventure tonight. That is for sure. Because we are discussing... From 1984, Supergirl, starring Helen Slater, Faye Dunaway, Peter O'Toole, Peter Cook, Brenda Vaccaro, Hart Bachner, and, of course, Mark McClure, a.k.a. Jimmy Olsen from the Superman films. Yeah, that guy. A lot of Marks and a lot of Peters. Yeah, what's going on here? This is going to be a lot of fun, uh, but let me first introduce you to our super co-host, Jeff. Hey, it feels like it's been a while since we've been together. Is it just me? No, yeah, it has. It's been a few weeks. <laughs> okay. Super Justin flying into super- frame. Yeah, man. What's up? And I'm yeah. Adam. That's right. <laughs> That's me. Sorry. Don't forget to tell the people about yourself. <laughs> so, now, here's the thing. The reason we're talking about Supergirl, I know that we we introduce you listeners. I don't want to say we, we drag you into these adventures, into not-so-classic films. Yeah. <laughs> the co-hosts are involved in, in that type of activity. But Supergirl <laughs> is currently a television series on CBS. Very yeah, big Have you guys deal. seen it? I, I have. I've, I've watched the episode. How about you? Jeff, have you seen it? I haven't I, seen it. No, I haven't. It's Apparently, I've been reading rave reviews. It's been yeah, very popular. Exactly. And it's it, getting like in crazy reviews, but I can't. I The CBS app thing, because I don't have, I cut the cord. I'm one of those guys. <laughs> uh, and so the CBS app is another like $8 on top of everything else. So I was like, yeah, when it comes on Hulu, if whenever that happens, I'll watch it. But yeah, apparently people love it. Yeah, and the truth is, you know, just for those who want to catch up, you can watch a few episodes on CBS.com. So they will let you. That's where I was catching up. And here's the thing. (laughs) That's what I'll be doing after we're done. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, time out. I'm ripping a page out of Zach Morris's playbook and stopping this down for a second. Listen to these guys trying to ramble on about a TV show that, um, none of them are watching regularly? I, on the other hand, am a regular weekly watcher. Was I a skeptic in the early going? Yes! Those first three episodes were a bit on the shaky side. Do those episodes have positive and eye-catching things? Yes. A show like this needs about four to six episodes to find its bearings and iron out the bugs, so I stuck with it. If you're not watching it, you should tune in. Supergirl and Martian Manhunter, they're doing some great things over on CBS. Oh, and The Flash is coming to this show for an episode. Okay, time in. So Supergirl, like I say, it's a big deal on TV. 
personally i i have watched it i don't think it's as good as the flash i think the flash is pretty much the best superhero tv they're giving us right now just in terms sure. of characters are amazing and and lovable uh that's what i did not care for in supergirl although the lead is very good as supergirl so we'll, nice. we'll give her a, a thumbs up um wait the weed the weed the lead the, the lead. Oh, the lead the supergirl herself correct. okay i i will say that the weed is actually a super villain from the plastic man cartoon in the 80s so wow uh, yeah just yes you yes you do know that yeah i'm that kind of guy (laughs) (laughs) that's true okay you don't need weed (laughs) not at all i'm oh boy okay so here's the thing supergirl big deal that the show itself also not um it's interesting because they are doing a lot of comic book storylines however not Supergirl comic books. They're taking Superman stories, <laughs> famous Superman comics, and adapting them and putting Supergirl in place of Superman, which I think is brilliant. Really? Yeah. Because we're That's only too- getting Superman in the movies, right? You know, we don't have Smallville right. anymore, and they weren't doing that anyway. So now, here here you go. You want your, for the man who has everything, which is a classic Alan Moore tale of Superman hallucinating and imagining he's back on Krypton. So they change it to the girl who has everything. And the same thing happened to her, which is pretty cool. Yeah. But for those who don't know, Supergirl has been brought to live action before... In 1984, <laughs> by the team that brought yes. you the Superman films with Christopher Reeve, and uh, they made a film. Yeah, they did. <laughs> there is a film you, yeah, that was made. You might just catch it like at 2 a.m. on Cinemax, which no, is you literally won't. the first time I saw it. 2 a.m. Really? on Cinemax. That's, yeah. You really? saw it and didn't have to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, believe it or not. I had to pay for it, regretfully. Oh, man. And... Wow. Wow. It was really bad. (laughs) It was, I mean, Adam, I'm sure you loved it. So you go. Well, I, yeah. I, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be honest here. Um, I, I, it is a, a nostalgic favorite for me, which is why it's on the schedule. In addition to Supergirl's recent popularity, uh, nice. I, I, back in the day when my family got a VCR around 1986, you know, we made weekly visits to, you know, the video rental store, and. What were my two number one, my two number ones, my alternating two <laughs> rentals on a regular basis? I only ever rented Ghostbusters, of course, yeah. constantly running Ghostbusters, and Supergirl. Wow. <laughs> so, that explains so much. So and much. That, but I feel like I get that. Like, as a kid, you watch a movie like this, and you're like, oh, cool. It's like, I wasn't here for it, but Masters of the Universe. I watched it with a buddy of mine who was a huge fan of that, and he just watched it with that nostalgia and I watched it and I was like, I remember this movie, but I'm not a big a fan as you are. And holy crap, (laughs) I can't, I can't wait till we're done. And the same with Supergirl. But what I do have to say about it was when I first started watching it, I didn't realize who the lead was. And she came on screen. I was like, oh, man, she's that girl that's in every 80s movie. Yeah, Helen Slater. She definitely, you know, a legend to Billie Jean. And she was in, what, Secret of My Success with Michael J. Fox, I believe. Yeah, yeah so she, she's, she was definitely, uh, I guess, a face. I don't know if she was a name back then, but she was, she was a face that people recognized and saw. Um, yeah, she was in a bunch of stuff, and she's still. I, I checked her out on IMDb. She's still doing stuff today. Well, and Jeff, I know you watched Smallville. She did appear on an episode of Smallville, correct? I didn't, you didn't, you didn't that see closely, that episode. No. Oh, okay. I don't, well, she did. I, would, she, she I wouldn't have been able to place it either. <laughs> but what I will tell you is this. So, so again, you guys had to endure this. We're going to get into your reviews shortly <laughs> here. 
but I do I do have to say, and I'm get, I will apologize up front because there are technically actually three versions of this movie out there, two of which I own. Okay, so I have wow. the VHS tape, which is the one I rented from the video store. And, and then, never gave back. Never gave back, <laughs> yeah. And then that's the American theatrical cut. So that runs 105 minutes because basically Warner Brothers said, we're not releasing this. <laughs> so oh, so wow. TriStar Pictures picked it up and said, okay, we'll put it out there. But they cut it up to say, okay, well, here's all the good parts, according to them, oh. the quote, good parts. And then Golly. they just threw it out there it, onto America. Okay, screen. you got a 105-minute version. I sat through two hours. Yes. Dude, I got 142 <laughs> minutes, two hours and 20 minutes. <laughs> that, those, so between the three of us, apparently we watched all three versions. Yes. Exactly. There, there's the director's Jesus. cut, which is the ultimate cut that Jeff watched, apparently. And then there, <laughs> um, the Justin got the I international don't know if cut. I the word that we want to use. <laughs> I needed a warning. I needed a warning. Uh, I'm sorry. I should have told there you. Was, the time. There was the a one-hour version. Cut. That should have been the <laughs> exactly. Uh, but but the one that you the one that most people are going to see is the the international or European cut. That's the one that's usually there for streaming and the DVD version that's out most readily. So uh, most likely that's what you've watched. But the the truth is that this movie is you know whether you watch it long version short version it's still pretty much for five year olds right. Like if we're going to like <laughs> speak to the logic of this film and, oh, and kind of how it that. works oh. <laughs> well because here's the thing like we talk about helen slater as supergirl she's she looks great in the costume yeah her acting yeah. range is kind of limited but that yep. works for an alien exp- exploring a new world right she's she's an alien sure. so she could be weird it did in the first like one well even the first interaction was a little rough yeah but but then there's some issues that we run into with with just the the pacing and the logic and any explanations in the film like there's oh you think gosh. about like she is constantly telling everybody that superman is her cousin and in addition yeah. she mentions clark kent being her cousin in her alter ego <laughs> form yeah. how does she know about uh. superman or clark kent because she lives in inner space this weird world inside a world inside a molecule wherever she is and it just does not compute that she knows anything about this guy <laughs> i didn't i didn't even get that no it, it didn't connect with you huh I, I did not i well there i there's so many dots and they're all they're the connections are like these curves yeah yeah go well and especially to... if they started cutting stuff Oh right! That yeah. Makes it even well, that's less... what I'm saying. You guys saw a much more complete version, you know, like the version I was watching right. as a kid. You know, really just jumped around to all the action scenes, and that's about it. You know, you're just like, oh no, right. this is happening. No, this is happening. Well, I I may have cheated, and I may have fast forwarded through <laughs> some parts. Right. So well, but it's the sad thing is seen the right. version that Adam watched. I don't. I think that the full version, like, there's more, but I don't know that it makes those dots a whole lot clearer. Well, yeah. well I mean, like, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say that the reality of it is you're talking about these d- dots not connecting, and you know, really, it, it. I would say it comes down to this script, right? What whoever wrote this is at fault, and the the truth of the matter is the person who wrote this is the gentleman named David O'Dell, who well, also wrote. Out. Wait for it. <laughs> Masters of the Universe 
and uh-huh. the Dark Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and the Dark Crystal? He wrote the Dark Crystal also. What? So he knows oh, all about writing like poorly constructed. He must have written with Jim Henson because I know Jim Henson had a lot. Of oh, I'm sure. Like they had to probably had to have an official screenwriter, and David O'Dell got got that credit. Okay. Wait, well, so I guess I can see Master of the Universe and Supergirl and Dark Crystal is like with other people. Was there anything else? <laughs> well, not really. His other stuff was like just a few other credits. They were they weren't anything you've heard of. So okay, cool. <laughs> this guy. Wow. Well, I will say that, that does. Sense. I mean, yeah, because I mean that was the same thing with Master of the Universe, where we just kind of jumped in the middle and we were just, I guess, supposed to understand things that we didn't. And yeah, there speak, was speak some of which. But before we discuss a little bit more of our uh, our experience with this film, you know, normally we go to IMDb for our our synopsis, you know, to catch people up. And uh, this time, luckily, we have the back of the VHS box from 1984. Oh, yeah. So let's see what they were trying to sell us and trying to tell us about a Supergirl, (laughs) which the subtitle is Adventure Runs in the Family. Yes, it does. Introducing a brand new superhero, the beautiful and mighty Girl of Steel in her very first adventure. Her name is Kara, and she's Superman's cousin from Krypton. Coming to (laughs) Earth on a mission to save her dying city, Supergirl has to find and recover the Omega Hedron, a source of almost unlimited power. But it's fallen into the hands of an amateur witch named Selina, who who intends to use it to rule the world. To get it back, Supergirl has to fight not only evil humans, but the unimaginable forces of black magic, including a hundred-foot monster made of pure energy, a.k.a. invisible. (laughs) So you don't have to spend (laughs) any money on him. And a perilous journey into the forbidden depths of the Phantom Zone. Faye Dunaway as Selina and Helen Slater as Supergirl head an all-star roster that includes Brenda Vaccaro, Peter Cook, Mia Farrow, Simon Ward, and Peter O'Toole. A super cast ensuring a super good time in home entertainment. Supergirl gives you everything you want from a movie. Excitement, adventure, fun! And then there is a quote from the Los Angeles Times. In design and technique, Supergirl is up to snuff. And so are its actors, all of whom seem to be having lots of fun. Oh, wow. <laughs> Design and technique get the praise, not the story. Well, and the fun that yeah. they're having. Yeah. Uh, oh, it looks like you guys had a good time. Anyway, I'm going home to exactly. uh, get over what I just saw. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to assume that somebody enjoyed this film. Oh, it's that little boy out in Irvine, California, renting it every week. Okay. <laughs> he has problems. Let's pray for him. <laughs> So what, I do have to say, amidst yeah. all the uh, uh, terribleness about this movie, I really liked Peter O'Toole's kind of crazy, kooky uncle or whatever he was. Yeah, Zoltar. Um, really <laughs> fantastic, like, 80s acting. I mean, it's Peter O'Toole. He, he, he can do no wrong. You know what's crazy? Much. Like, most people know him from Lawrence of Arabia, which I've never seen. I only know him from High Spirits with Steve Gutenberg. Anybody ever see that movie? Which one? It's called High Spirits. It's about a haunted castle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, he, they're a group of actors. And that it's they pretend it's haunted, but it's really haunted. Anyway, that's where I know Peter O'Toole. So that's a Steve Gutenberg, isn't it? It is absolutely. <laughs> but he, you're right. And you know what's crazy about Peter O'Toole in this? He actually, in the scenes that he shares with Helen Slater, he makes her good. Like like she actually suddenly has emotion. She's... I don't know about good. <laughs> good, yeah, good, good is a strong word. Natural, more natural right. on camera. Yeah, sure. Well, it, <laughs> 
partially it's because he is so overacting that it does uh, make her right. feel a little bit more realistic by comparison right. <laughs> that first line which i don't know if it was cut out maybe hopefully they figured out to cut it out was so out what was it he where he's like i will fly this thing through the shoot tube bang wham i'll be there i'm like what was that all of a sudden i just i'd appreciate that he just went for it yeah oh yeah well because yeah. everybody else is like hi hey, uh what? words yeah. speech and he's like hey what's going on guys <laughs> you gotta wonder and that was even my wife said that where like did faye dunaway lose a bet or did she like <laughs> owe somebody money it's just like i mean for both of them these are big time actors yeah. and like whoo well i feel faye, like if they see something like that i think it's got to be the money it's got to be like we will but was just... there much money here well, we obviously were, not. That's if they what they spent the money on, obviously. Uh, yeah, the, the cast. Well, now, if you think about it, though, you look back at the Superman films, because it's the same producers. What did they do? They got Marlon Brando. They got Gene Hackman was a big name at the time. You know, so, like, they they stack the film with stars to get people in the seats, you know. So I think they're right. just following that same formula um, that right. they've done before. Although the first time they spent the money on on screenwriters, too. That's this true. Time. Yeah, Mario That's... Puzo did a good job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Tom Minkowitz. But yeah, so like, yeah, but this is unfortunately, yeah, like uh, Selena is okay, but her dialogue is so terrible. Who's way Uh, better is her friend Bianca, uh, you know, who's who's her sidekick. She's like the comic relief, I guess. Yeah, Brenda And then there's that weird, what's his name? Peter Jork. Oh, but yeah, the the character's name? The British dude. or something? No, yeah, that's, uh, what is his name? Now I'm blanking. Who's um, apparently a mathematics professor as well as into black magic? Yeah, I don't. yeah, man. They go hand in hand. <laughs> At least that I saw. I never saw him actually do any black magic, but, but isn't maybe he gave weird? a lot of like dirty looks, though. So. Speaking of yeah, his that's... classroom, do you remember how dark his classroom was and they're all in front of computer screens? That's because of the black magic. Yeah. <laughs> black and in magic mathematics. Yeah, that would have been. No, I will say if, if we're going to talk about, you know, like that scenario, like for me, the most, even as a kid, the most enjoyable parts of the film were not anything to do with Supergirl besides like her air ballet when she first emerges from the water and oh is like God, flying that around. Was precious. That was very cool. Yeah, yeah. But but like I always <laughs> loved all the stuff she does in this private school that she you know enrolls herself in and hides under the guise of Linda Lee, a brunette instead of a, a blonde. So she's yeah, doing a little bit great. better than her cousin, right? He's just like I just put on glasses and you know comb my hair this way. And she's like I actually transform all the way. She has this whole running kind of sub plot with these bully girls that that are like picking on her friend lucy lane lois lane's sister who's also her roommate (laughs) when they're playing field hockey uh, you know out there by the way do you guys remember like that field hockey was like the girls sports in like 70s and 80s films like remember they show girls at high school playing sports it was always field hockey like freaky friday with uh, a young jody foster like she's playing field hockey i don't know maybe that, that compute for you guys <laughs> no well i think they didn't really the girls didn't there wasn't like girls basketball or girl like i don't think there was a lot of girl sports back in the 80s yeah maybe, maybe that's and true the intro we could just reference the intro to this episode yeah girls exactly the same <laughs> yeah but, but like but that's yep. what's weird we, we miss those days yeah <laughs> so. no jeff no <laughs> <laughs> Remember when the women folk couldn't vote? Oh, those were the days. Hey, the good news is they still don't get paid as much as men. I don't oh. understand that, by the way. That 
anyway, not to get on political and socioeconomic issues, but back to the yeah, let's bullies. talk about short round again. Go back to short round. <laughs> Got to get that foreign flavor in here. But like these bully but, girls which are like, me, why did she enroll in college at all? Yeah, wasn't she supposed to be looking for this thing to save her people, and then she decides to go to college? What? <laughs> or high school? I, miss college? I thought it was like a private. Yeah, like well, whatever it was. It's still why? Why? Why is she going to school? I, I uh, don't. I mean, I, I can only in. assume the logic is she, she as soon as she arrives on Earth, she peeks through some trees, sees these girls playing softball. So there was softball and field hockey, I guess. And then she sees a girl walk in with the uniform on, and she's like, "Oh, this is what girls on this planet do," is what I'm assuming. And so then, but she, why does she care what girls do? Well, I, yeah, is why it does her she mission have to, to out? blend in? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But but like so but one of the things like I was saying is she gets picked on by these bully girls and at one point like they are she's in the shower. Again, this is where it gets awkward for a thirty something guy watching this film about possibly underage girls like in a school. They're always a, a running around in their bras. There's a scene where like Which is why it was on Cinemax at two AM. What? Come on. But like and they and they got this guy who's the the like a, a man who is like Guarantee the headmaster. Don't get it. What? That should be an old lady, not not a, an old man. But anyway, there's a scene where like they're in the shower and Lucy and and uh, Kara, aka Linda Lee, are in the shower. And then on the other side of the wall, using her X-ray vision, she sees the bully girls trying to turn the hot water all the way up at the pipes to burn her. And so she shoots her heat vision through the wall into the pipes, and then it just they explode and scald the bully girls that as a kid i was always like yes you got them <laughs> like I, I just thought they're come up and so that was their moment and i was like this is cool. i also like that the message that sends is like don't be because i feel like they weren't the bully girls they were kind of like the nerd girls and so like the popular girls were like yeah screw you nerd girls and it's like yeah <laughs> they were 80s. bitter nerd girls getting revenge yeah but she just got there why do they hate her <laughs> Because like, she's obviously beautiful and popular, so. Oh, destined to be. Instant you know, hatred. Yeah. Now, the other, the, the character, like, that really doesn't work for me, though, is this this guy, Ethan, who's this hunky yard worker, construction <laughs> man. Okay, so, like, what other stuff was he in the 80s? Because I feel like he also he's... played a very bad actor in every single movie that he was in. <laughs> well, he was in Die and Hard. he is Ellis in Die Hard. Yeah. Hans, right. Ruby. Yeah. That's, that's, he, he was terrible in that too. <laughs> oh, he was Ellis. He, he was, was over perfect. the top. So that's perfect. But yeah. That's then, what he yeah. was supposed to be. Yeah. In this, he's over the top too. He's really goofy and ridiculous, but it goes back to what we've been talking about. It is so like, he's the damsel in distress of this movie. So you would think, oh, it's a very, what a, you know, what a, a great, you know, progressive film. And they're, they're putting the man <laughs> in jeopardy. Yet the whole point of the film is two women are fighting over this man. Like yeah. The, yeah. he's the prize. He's the, reason all the action is happening which is sad <laughs> not really i feel like that just ends up happening it's not like the reason that anything's happening because there is no reason that anything is happening <laughs> in this movie but it's just it's just like he happens to show up and she happens to the and then he happens to see supergirl aka laura or lois or Lo lonely i don't know just like <laughs> and then he and then he falls in love with her and then he gets hit in the head which i thought was supposed to make him not fall or make him fall out of love with her 
but it stays. Well, but see, that's what's weird. So, like, the Selena, the witch, puts a spell on him to make him fall in love with the first woman he sees, but then he wanders off <laughs> into the city, and yep. the first person... Sees a lot of women. Yeah, well, sees... But he's... Yeah, apparently, he's in a daze, and he's looking at the ground, right. which is why traffic very is slowly around chased him. by a tractor. Yeah. <laughs> so, Selena tries to, to bring him back in a tractor, but Supergirl saves him, and then she changes into her alter ego go so he wakes up and sees linda lee falls in love with linda lee but then jeff what you're referencing later when he hits his head and she flies him through the air in a football player themed bumper car from selena's <laughs> carnival hideout <laughs> and then he wakes up and it's supergirl and then he's like oh i gotta get linda but then he's asking supergirl all these questions he's like oh you could do the whole flying thing bed steel yeah. bars <laughs> and then they make out <laughs> Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's weird. It's weird. And, you know, if we're going to talk about the story at all, and we know there's not much going on here, like yeah. the truth is Supergirl did not have much to pull from. She In her comic book history, she's been very scattered. So, like, I don't blame them for trying to come up with something, anything, because, like, mm. her stories back in the day were very, you know, again, like men writing stories about teenage superpowered girls. So you can imagine how that went. And then, not well. And, and then into the 80s and the 90s, like, there were different versions of Supergirl. One was, like, a shape-shifting alien, or they've, like, reintroduced her several different ways, which which is the most recent one is what they're using on the TV show, which makes the most sense. But a lot of good writers tried and just couldn't make her a viable character that anybody cared about. But her biggest moment, Jeff, maybe you could tell us a little bit about what Supergirl's claim to fame really was. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, the like her introduction, which is funny, I have a, a comic that's like a reproduction of that first issue where that she was Superman's cousin. So it was... It was always weird that it was like, so he's no longer the last survivor of Krypton. Apparently, Supergirl and her whole, like, group, there's, like, tons of Kryptonians out there. And so eventually that and a whole bunch of other stuff that DC had done poorly, mostly because they didn't have a Stan Lee. They didn't have anybody to keep it all together. So they had all these different people with all these different storylines and all this different stuff like that. I mean, the classic example is, like, Superman. Everybody's heard the leaps tall buildings with a single bound. And that's because when he was first written, he couldn't fly. That's why he leapt over things. And then they later changed his backstory and blah, 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 blah. So in the 80s, what DC decided to do is they decided to declutterify all of this. And they did this thing called Crisis of Inf Infinite Planets. Infinite, Earths. no, mm -hmm. Earths, thank crisis you. Crisis on Infinite Earths, yep. On Infinite Earths, where they had the five, they said, well, these are actually different Supermen and different Flashes and different Aquamen on five different planets in different dimensions or whatever. And so they had this big crisis where they all kind of like came into conflict and people were getting killed off. So that's where the original Flash actually, not the original, the second Flash uh, died then. And then the big thing was Supergirl died and they decided not to bring her back. So for about, I don't know, 10, 15 years, something like that, there was no Supergirl. And then like Adam said, they didn't actually bring her back. They brought back a shape-shifting robot or something yeah. like that and that, uh, that was during the death of superman era 
What, what exactly. Well, and yeah. the sad thing too, and I was reading this just today, where it was the Flash, like the Flash sacrificed himself, and it was this really great moment. Supergirl, the way that she died, apparently she died heroically. I haven't read that issue, and I mean, there's that famous picture of Superman holding her in her arms. But the reality is, the way that she died, she was erased from everyone's memory, so no one even remembers that she existed. Which for me seems kind wow. of apropos, where it's just yeah. kind of like you didn't just kill her off; you tried to pretend she never existed. Like that's pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of, it's pretty sad, and and the fact that she, her most iconic moment is in death, you know, speaks a lot to really what everybody kind of thought of her. And and the truth is, like through the comics, she also had like a million different outfits. Like every time she was drawn, she seemed to have a different costume, which so she never really had that like kind of iconic look. Like, you know, the skirt, you know, with the cape and stuff, you know, was basically what people know now. But like she had all sorts of she she had a headband at one point. Even for this movie. In the eighties. Yeah, in the eighties. And and they actually put a headband on Helen Slater for the early production stuff the early version <laughs> of the costume but they got rid of it you know eventually but and she were... played tennis not field hockey yeah <laughs> yeah which would be awesome actually super tennis come on <laughs> ace ace when i think the problem ace. too like you were saying adam is that the assumption has been and i feel like it's maybe changing now and they're hoping it will change even more so is the assumption has been for the last 20 25 years that girls don't read comic books so they've always had that problem with the prominent female lies. heroes is to actually, I mean, how many guys are going to claim like, oh, yeah, I read Supergirl like all the time. Yeah, like exactly. it's just uh, the, the, and that was the, hey, the Jeff, difficult. Guess thing. what? I read Supergirl all the time. <laughs> well, you're out, Justin. This is a boy's oh, club. It. Take a hike. Which is the interesting thing then if we ever get to talk about Wonder Woman is that that's. She's that weird, not exception, but it was like, yeah, they've they've tried to make her prominent def- despite the fact of being female. Yeah, but I don't think her solo comics do have done terribly well either, though. Yeah, I mean, only like there was like a brief p- point in the '80s when George Perez was drawing and writing, where she had a pretty good run, and then recently, like they kind of reintroduced her, where she's more about the Greek mythology, and that's gotten a lot of critical acclaim. But yeah, w- Wonder Woman's kind of always been back and forth too, but she's always prominently there. You know her origin, basically. You know her powers. You know where she stands. Supergirl was always kind of like third, fourth tier. But the one right. thing I will say about this movie before we get into our pitches is that if you think about it this is groundbreaking in one way that kind of matters it was the first spin-off superhero movie so like superhero movies were in their infancy back then anyway but now here you have a film oh wow here's that like kind of a minor character getting a starring role and you're gonna get supergirl on the screen you know from the superman universe which is a pretty big deal i mean we're 30 years later now and that's only now just beginning to be a possibility where you're going to see spin-off films for certain characters you know yeah yeah although i don't think it actually became a big deal because yeah because it, they did such a terrible job yeah, exactly. it didn't work. yeah and i mean they had it was it, yeah, that was the ironic thing is is that you had this gold mine of superheroes out there because because like you said i mean they weren't doing superhero movies yet and you pick you know a second third tier person to do and their thought was you know let's ride off the success of superman um it'd be the same thing if they did like a robin movie it's like what 
What? No, Robin? Come on. Uh, I would have been all about that in the 90s, though. I loved I know, right? I feel like I would have been, too. (laughs) Well, unless they would have done something like this with it. Speaking of which, by the way, I'm just going to mention this because I just became aware of it today. But there was uh, a comic book series planned that, I, I don't know, for any comic book fans out there, there's been a series called Batman 66, which basically took the Adam West TV series and uh, continued it in comic book form. Wow. Like, which also have with, like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and a lot of other TV shows have gotten, like, comic book seasons, they call them. But those same people, they pitched a... Batman 89 series where they were going to take the Tim Burton universe from Batman Returns and they basically do sequels to Batman Returns where where you know you actually had the you know all the characters that you were I- interested in before Val Kilmer became Batman before George Clooney became Batman uh, and, and you know you were going to have uh, Billy D Williams become Two-Face and uh, all of that like I posted it to our Twitter so you could go back you know, once this episode drops and check it out but it's really cool like that's that the yeah i wish they would have done it um but you know nowadays you know that's kind of all we could hope for in, in, in certain cases but the the bit of trivia i wanted to drop on you here is that christopher reeve was supposed to be in this movie that really that's really the reason that they started moving forward on it because they're like yeah she'll she'll come to earth and superman will be there and he'll teach her about her powers and how to use them and christopher reeve had just come off superman 3 with richard Pryor, where richard Pryor was really the star and you know he wanted to be a little bit more legitimate you know and he was kind of done with being superman so he's like you know what i said i was gonna do this but i'm, I'm gone you know, so so uh, can you imagine what it would have been if he had been in this movie? Like, well, it, I don't know. I mean, it would have given it a little bit more. But <laughs> I yeah. mean, the only carryover we got was Mark McClure's Jimmy Olsen, you know, which as a kid, that was a big deal to me because I was like, oh, oh yeah, it's somebody it from the, the real. Yeah. But, yeah. but but if Christopher Reeve had been in it, instead, what do they do? They have a radio announcer say, Superman is off-planet, you know, a zillion light years away. You know? That <laughs> was pretty ridiculous. Really yeah. lame. Which, <laughs> as, as, and one last throw-in for me, too, and that's one of the, the reasons that this movie kind of not strikes a chord. What's the opposite? Whatever, for me, is that uh, for me, I and I don't know if I've mentioned this on our podcast before, but to me, Superman is the greatest superhero movie ever made because it is not a superhero movie. It's a movie about a superhero. And I, I think everything that a superhero movie could potentially be, I mean, Superman, I think, deserves to be on the AFI's top 100 films of all time, regardless of genre. It's that great of a cinematic film that you know just happens to be about a superhero. So then you make this movie like you said Adam as kind of like a connected to that and I feel like there were so many like they tried to be Superman and they failed so so badly. And even like the opening credits where they clearly tried to rip off the original Superman, but and and they they even got they couldn't get John Williams, so they got Jerry Goldsmith, who is a great composer, but all Jerry Goldsmith did was repeat the same theme over and over and over it was like a you know like a 10 note theme it was just ah it just frustrates me (laughs) jeff and i didn't like this movie hey imagine that i did want (laughs) all right well now so that's you know in a lot of cases when you come to sequel quest we are producing sequels that will hopefully redeem the original we try to look at it and you know we try to say what could possibly be done to keep 
pe- well keep people <laughs> to get people interested the second time uh, in a, in a sequel to a film. So who wants to go first here? Anybody raising their hand thinks they got Jeff. something? I can sure. All I right. just went on my diatribe, so I think that would fit. Um, <laughs> so rightfully so then um rather than a sequel per se or i guess uh, it's not really a sequel it's more of a reboot uh so i would propose the reboot especially because now we're 30 years later um and i did even though i'm not a huge big um man of steel fan uh that was the most recent superman so i did connect to uh to man of steel so uh, we start back on Krypton right after uh, Russell Crowe has just sent off Kal-El uh, and then uh, been killed by Zod. And Zod's you know, sent off into the uh, um, Phantom Zone or whatever happened to him. And then the planet blows up and the explosion somehow releases Zod. I didn't really understand that in Man of Steel, but whatever. I you know, use this, those same clips from Man of Steel. And then as Zod is, you know, off chasing Superman's DNA or whatever, uh, we then pan back to the rubble uh, or like the whatever of Krypton. And as we kind of sift through the smoke and the rubble or whatever, we see that there is a um, force field that is encapsulating uh, a, a large chunk of ground. Uh, As we zoom in, we see that uh, this force field has been erected and it has actually saved uh, a handful of people, Uh, um, kind of a large handful, maybe like 40 or 50, maybe even 60 people, something like that. Uh, As we're further zooming in, we uh, meet one person and we find out his name is Zor-El, later finding out this is Jor-El's younger brother. Uh, But Zor-El is a scientist and he is organizing, kind of like organizing this this colony and figuring out how they can survive, essentially rebuilding Krypton. So the first beginning of the movie would kind of start off as like a disaster recovery sort of a thing where they're you know, like finding people and rescuing people from uh, um, buildings and stuff like that. Not too long, maybe like 15, 20 minutes or something like that on this whole um, intro sort of stuff like that. Uh, so then they start to rebuild Krypton, and um, Jorel, who again is, or excuse me, Zorel, who is a great scientist, uh, builds this like massive supercomputer that is able to assist them, and that's the way that they're able to stabilize, like generating oxygen and creating water, and you know everything that they need to survive. Uh, years go by. Uh, Zorel and his wife end up having a daughter. His daughter's name is Kara. Uh, after years, all of a sudden, there starts developing some problems in the colony. Like certain things just aren't quite um, working the way that they should, and it seems like every time that there's a problem, and they go to consult the computer, uh, the computer gives them the answer that, well, it's due to human error. So you need to turn this over to computer control. So they do continue to give more and more uh, control to the computer, uh, but it seems like more and more problems end up happening. By this point, Kara has grown up into a teenager, so she's about uh, 16, maybe 17. That seems like a comfortable teenage era. Uh, So she starts kind of snooping around, and she starts to get the suspicion that it's actually the computer that is causing the problems. So she does snoop around into the computer itself, and then she finds evidence that it actually was the computer and the computer itself was intentionally making these things happen so that it could gain more and more control. Um, 
However, rather than being find found out, the computer then organizes things to make it seem like it's actually Kara's fault, that Kara has been the one that has been doing all of this. And um, the people are all up in arms, like, what's the matter with this girl? Like, she's trying to destroy everything that we've built here. Uh, and uh, But then, you know, Zarel obviously comes to his daughter's rescue. Ultimately, what they let, let the... The only resolution, the resolution that the computer actually suggests, is that we need to exile her. So they do. They end up building a spaceship, and then uh, Zorel, as a scientist, has investigated and found reports of this. Um, ah, no, not the reports. I'm sorry, that was a different story. But uh, uh, so anyway, so he decides to send them to Earth for the same reasons that Jorel did, because the the atmosphere and the everything along along those lines. So she he sends Kara to Earth. She lands on Earth. As she gets there, she starts. Um, hearing about this Superman and even hears this, like him called the last son of Krypton. Uh, so she shows up to Metropolis looking into this whole Superman thing, shows up to the Daily Planet, uh, asked to speak to Lois Lane because she's the reporter in charge of Superman, uh, talks to Lois Lane and says like, hi, I'm from Krypton, blah, 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 like all these really ridiculous things. Lois thinks that she's an absolute nutcase, um, but then Clark Kent happens to be nearby and overhears that, kind of tails her after she leaves um, the Daily Planet, figures out who she actually is. They have like a confrontation. Oh my gosh, it's actually you. Hooray, hooray, hooray. And um, she spills the whole story. This is what's going on. Like, I, you know, I, I need to get back there somehow. And uh, Clark's, or I guess Jorel, or Kalel says at this point that like, uh, hey, you're not quite ready for this. So uh, instead, let me let me train you. So they do a whole training, sort of a montage where he teaches her because she has all the same abilities that he has and stuff like that. But she's 17. So anyway, do this whole training thing. And finally, when they feel like they're ready, um, then they both set off to uh, go back to the 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 colony or whatever. As they get back, like when they both get back to the colony, they find out that the computer has actually um, declared itself ruler and has actually formed uh, like a like a physical body, and it has named itself Brainiac. And so um, then, of course, Brainiac doesn't want to, you know, give up control. So then, Clark or uh, Superman and Supergirl have to battle both Brainiac and the various robots that Bra Brainiac has created. Uh, ultimately, Supergirl somehow, like, is the key to victory, and so they end up defeating um, uh, uh, Brainiac, you know, release control back to the people. Uh, but then, you know, they reunite with, Supergirl re reunites with her parents, but then her dad says, you know what, like, they, they still haven't forgiven you or blah, blah, blah. You know what? You've done all you can do here. You, you should go back. There's more for you to do on Earth. Like, there's more than just Superman can do alone. So, uh, convinces her. She ends up going back to Earth. She enrolls at Metropolis University, picks the name Linda Lee, meets her friend Lena, what's it, Murinal or whatever her best friend's name is, and see. <laughs> uh, that was... I, that was very cool how Brainiac it, uh, worked his way into controlling everything there. That was pretty sneaky. Is, is that Brainiac uh, from the comics? Is that like his origin story? Maybe. He has a lot of origin stories. Yeah, Most it's kind of like all the other. No. 
characters the, in DC. They kind of all exactly. Have I've seemed to okay. remember the Superman cartoon had something similar to that, but not. I don't remember it specifically being connected to Supergirl. Okay. Yeah, just so you cool. know, Brainiac was was slated to actually be the bad guy in the failed Tim Burton directed Nicolas Cage starring Superman oh, really? Lives film in the 90s. What? So, yeah. Huh. Brainiac was going to be I'm, that I'm guy. not wedding Brainiac. I'm wedding that, <laughs> that Tim that Burton was going to do a Superman movie. Oh, that, oh you a, haven't heard about that? There's a yeah. full no. documentary that Nicolas is Cage? Yeah, that that is it has behind the scenes footage. You see Nicolas Cage in the costume. It was that just That would have been nuts. Oh, crazy. Like they really weren't going to take it in a in a very strange direction. <laughs> so, obviously. Um so but yeah, no, that that's great though. I I I think that's a a real fun way to do it. And I love how like she gets framed and then gets sent, you know, has to get exiled. That's very cool. All those all those twists and turns there. All right. Well, I think I'm going to jump in here then because this is this, it, this is what I noticed is Jeff always the fan of the reboot. <laughs> Jeff wants to These continue These days. I didn't used thing. to, but. <laughs> we we got to give you more of a reason to want to see something again in the same cast. Exactly. It's got to be a movie that I like is the problem. Yeah. So what I am proposing is, as usual for me, picking up immediately from the end of the first film. So (laughs) this is 1986, and the film is Supergirl 2, Journey to Inner Space. Kara, a.k.a. Supergirl, returns to Argo City and is surprised to find that her cousin, Kal-El, a.k.a. Superman, is already there. Superman confirms that he had just discovered the record of his father, Jor-El, detailing how a group of Kryptonian pilgrims had fled the planet several years before its destruction and hid themselves within a micro-world called Argo City. Through these records, Superman was able to construct a device to shrink himself down to atomic level and arrive to find Argo City, and he arrived just at the time that the Omega Hedron had flown out, Kara had gone after it, and so he was there then trying to help them get through those few days that she was gone. Now, with the Omega Hedron returned to the city, all is well, and Superman is excited to be amongst his kin, joining in several Kryptonian traditions and celebrating. Argo City is lit and powered by an artificial red sun that's activated by the Omega Hedron, so Superman and Supergirl have no powers there, since it is the yellow sun of Earth which gives them extraordinary abilities beyond those of mortal men. So they're essentially just normal, powered people. Superman explains that he must return to Metropolis since he's sworn to protect his adopted home and invites Kara to return to Earth with him uh, to help. Unsure of the right decision, Kara's parents encourage their daughter to go make a difference, realizing she's matured during her previous adventure and can return to visit them anytime she likes. So back at the Fortress of Solitude, Superman explains how the shrinking technology works, and the cousins discuss what Kara might like to do for a career. Explaining how she was encouraged by Zaltar to appreciate art, Superman suggests that she might find work in the Metropolis uh, Museum of Art, and the two fly off to the big city. As they leave, we see the haggard forms of General Zod, Ursa, and Nan rise from the pit and approach the shrinking chamber. So Clark and Kara, dressed as their alter egos, Linda Lee and Clark Kent, enter the Daily Planet newsroom to find Lois Lane interviewing her sister Lucy and Jimmy Olsen about the wild events of the last film. Jimmy and Lucy are surprised to see their friend Linda as much as Lois is to see Clark because the two had just disappeared. 
The cousins create a cover story that Linda called Clark during Selena's attack on the town, causing him to leave suddenly to drive her safely back to Metropolis. The trio is suspicious, but mostly glad the two of them are okay. Then Perry White shows up, and he's, when he's told Linda wants to pursue work at the art museum, reveals that he doesn't go in for that hoity-toity garbage, but his wife is on the board of trustees, and he'll make a call. Just then, the group gets word of a disaster downtown. Perry demands that Lois, Clark, and Jimmy go to cover the story, which Clark resists because he wants to change it to Superman and go help, but has to comply with to preserve his secret identity. He gives Kara a look, begging her to respond to the crisis in his place. Lucy demands to join in on the excitement and takes off with the rest of them, but Kara, as Linda, says she doesn't feel well and will just go back to Clark's apartment to rest. They enter separate elevators, and Kara flies up her elevator shaft, changing into her costume along the way as she hits the skies to find the city in pandemonium. Using her super telescopic vision, she can see that a gas truck went haywire and crashed into a high-rise, causing a fire on the lower levels, and that the support system on the upper stories is giving way. Kara saves the day with some subtle and comedic assists from Superman and Clark Kent guys <laughs> using his super breath and heat vision. And this is Supergirl's debut to the public of Metropolis, and Lois is determined to get the scoop. But uh, Kara flies away before she can answer any questions. This leads to a story thread of Lois being jealous of Supergirl, thinking she's the perfect mate for Superman, and that her chances with the big guy are in jeopardy. <laughs> That night, I love that. <laughs> Clark congratulates Kara on her heroic actions and thinks this might give him a chance to take a break every once in a while, spend some time with Lois. Kara was happy to help and says she wishes to return to Argo City to tell her parents, but she will do so after meeting Mrs. White at the museum to interview for a tour guide position. Clark says he's going to go on ahead to Argo City because there are more questions he has for her father about their family heritage. So returning to Argo City, Superman is astonished to find the residents being terrorized by General Zod, who is now empowered by the Red Son of Krypton since being turned human in Superman 2. So Zod thanks Superman for giving him the opportunity to be a god amongst his own people and rule Krypton's final colony. Superman himself is put at the mercy of Zod, himself being depowered, as was established earlier. So Zod reveals his ultimate plan to launch a satellite that will turn the Earth's inhabitants to Kryptonians just as the planet is shrunk and then subject it to the Red Sun at Argo City so that he can reign supreme as their deity. <laughs> Superman must help, him, must help him or he's going to murder the citizens of Argo City and Superman's only link to his heritage will be gone. Superman agrees and they begin to work on the satellites. Kara finishes the interview with Mrs. White back in Metropolis and gets the job. On the way home, she changes into Supergirl to stop Lois, Lucy, and Jimmy from being mugged by a gang of thugs. But then Lois starts needling the heroine with questions about who she is and what's she doing here. Kara answers the inquiries non-definitively, which makes Lois angry, and Supergirl flies off to return to her home. Arriving herself at Argo City, she hides away, witnessing all that has transpired. She watches her parents be humiliated by Ursa and Nan, who treat them like slaves due to their hatred of Jor-El and Kara's family relations. She sees Zod treating Superman in a similar fashion as he makes the son of Jor-El build and launch his satellites. Then, Zod and Kara make eye contact. He starts chasing her, and the rest of the trio joins in, and they almost catch her, but she manages to send herself back to Earth in the interdimensional sphere just in time. Realizing that only humans given superpowers by the Red Sun can save the day now, Kara returns to Earth to recruit Lois, Lucy, and Jimmy. 
Supergirl convinces the three to join her by telling them that Superman is in trouble and finally reveals that she is his cousin, which causes Lois to drop her defenses and they become friends. <laughs> Returning to Argo City in the Sphere to save their hero, Lois distracts Zod, Jimmy awkwardly battles Ursa, and feisty Lucy keeps Nod off balance. Meanwhile, Superman reveals to Supergirl that he rigged the satellites to be a Phantom Zone transport device, which, uh, which is programmed to target the villain's genetic code. They activate the satellites and trap the dastardly trio in the Phantom Zone once more. With her home saved, Kara returns to Earth with her cousin and new friends, ready to fight for truth, justice, and the American way as credits roll. Yay! <laughs> uh, talk fun. about nostalgia, dude. I like. I saw that with in that era with those people. Yeah, can you just see Margo Kidder? Just like, who is this? And I just, I love yeah. that dynamic. Yeah. And I love uh, Jimmy fights the. <laughs> yeah, you can totally see it Cause too. So, because when they come back, Lois and Jimmy have superpowers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, awesome. The whole reversal and stuff. So. Jeff, your thoughts? Yeah, now I was still confused about the plan. Zod's plan with the satellites? So he doesn't have any powers on Earth now, right? Right. He got so he's going to turn them all into Kryptonians. Yeah, so he's going to turn everybody into Kryptonians, but because now he has the ability, he knows uh, how to shrink things too with that technology that Superman okay. used to shrink himself. So now he's going to shrink the whole Earth and also use the, the chamber from Superman 2 that changes people into Kryptonians or vice versa, you know, depowers people. So he's using all that technology at once. And when he gets the Earth under his control, and there it puts them under the red sun, you know, the, the you know, then he basically will have all the power, and everybody on okay. Earth won't. So he could do what he was going to do originally, but now basically everybody will be at his mercy. He'll be able to finish his plan from right. Superman. So there's 2. a sun in. Uh, well, okay, well, that's as much as artificial. I'm going right Yeah, it's it's an artificial <laughs> sun. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's what they require to live they're kryptonians yeah. which by the way didn't they and maybe i missed it in the movie didn't wasn't there a line where peter o'toole has said there's two forms of energy that we use uh there could be i wasn't paying as much attention to the science because i did <laughs> oh, not okay. think it mattered <laughs> uh. And plus, I he feel was, you. Is what that that laughter was. Yeah. I, I understand your pain. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Justin, what do you have for us? All right. Um. So I like Jeff did a reboot based on. Funny enough, based off of uh, Man of Steel. Hey, how about huh. that? Well, that's the most recent one. Yeah. Um. And I did not go the Adam way of basically <laughs> just doing a sequel of Supergirl, which was awesome, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I believe and, you. And uh, yeah, I thought it was uh, interesting that you talked about what, what did you talk about earlier about the Kryptonians like not being saved at all, or what were you guys saying earlier about that? Well, you're you're just saying the fact that there was a group that took off from Krypton. The, yeah, the prior like in, to the the planet exploding. Yeah, yeah, the planet exploding, like everybody dying, but. In in Supergirl, there's people that survive. did survive, so I kind of went off right. of that. Yeah. Okay. Um. So anyway, uh, Supergirl open on Kara, aka Supergirl training hard on Kandor, and just imagine like basically the style of Man of Steel for that, like basically the same kind of imagery. Uh, open on Kara, aka Supergirl training hard on Kandor, the new planet. 
the surviving Kryptonians have colonized as credits roll. From the training center, she enters the council chambers to be interrogated before uh, being admitted into the military. She wants nothing more than the chance to prove herself and defend their new home from the faction of Krypton that were inspired by Zod and have decided to fight the people they blame for Zod's death. The council denies her request, saying that she's not ready for battle, too young and too hot-headed. Back in her home, she sulks, finding comfort in her uncle who consoles her, letting her know that they are winning the war and that she doesn't need to worry. She wonders how he knows since he has no part in the war, but he tells her that he has faith and believes in the work of others just as much as he believes in himself. She wakes up that night to a struggle happening in the adjacent chamber. She creeps to her uncle's room to find him fighting with a Zod trooper. As she watches, the trooper stabs her uncle in the side. She rushes in to help fight the ma- she rushes in to help fight the masked figure. For a while, it seems her training is helping, but she is eventually pinned to the ground. Before the final blow, the figure is stabbed in the back. In that instant, her helmet opens so that she can catch her breath, and the figure is revealed as Feora. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but uh, Zod's second in command. Oh. Uh, Kara is saved by her uncle, who is knocked to the ground, and Feora escapes wounded. Just before her uncle breathes his last breath, he begs Kara to tell the council that Fiora has a plan to use the last of her resources to destroy Earth in retribution for Zod's death. The war will be over, but Earth and Cal uh, will be the last casualties. Uh, Kara leaves a message for the council, but knowing the council will not let her help, she decides to go after Feora herself. The rest of the story shows Kara chasing Feora to Earth, eventually joining with a group of Kryptonian fighters and using her own abilities as well as the abilities of her new group to defeat Feora. Oh, that's very cool. Like, like that, that totally makes sense, right? There's this female villain from Man of Steel. Yeah. Total perfect uh, foil for her. That's cool. Yeah. So, now, Michael, she... I tried to look this up on the internet. Does Feora die in Man yeah, of Steel? Yeah, that was my question. <laughs> that, that, I, I'm trying to think back as well because I don't... I mean, obviously, I think she just died. runs away, yeah, which is why I yeah, went right. that route of like she goes, she basically lives. goes back to Krypton, yeah. and gets people together in their new planet and gets uh, gets a war, another war started there. Yeah, I mean that that okay. makes sense. That's that's a great continuation, I would say. I I like that idea of of yeah, just letting Kara essentially be there. Now that's the only part I don't like. I'm I'm trying to figure out the timeline. So, because what basically what we're yeah. saying is it's the same scenario where there was, like, Kara's still part of this group that left Krypton before it exploded. Right. So, so they, they do exist outside of that, and then now... Yeah, now, so basically yeah. they, the people that did survive, um, were able to colonize another planet, and, um... Uh, and so there is still a council. Around. It's a different council. Uh, I mean, maybe I don't know. Um, <laughs> there's a there's a council there. There still is some semblance of organization, but there's been enough um, division to split the people that survived. No, yeah, that's that's cool. So obviously, like, yeah, you know, we got we got two dueling reboots here to kind of different <laughs> different concepts with a you know a similar premise. Because, like, when I look at it, I'm like, okay, I love Jeff's Brainiac story, and I love Justin's combination. Of course, I love my story, too. You know, because, <laughs> but Zod is well, dead in this new continuity, so that doesn't quite work. Right. Um, well, and that's the, that's the one, because, yeah, both, both of you guys used Zod or some faction of Zod. Uh, Adam, you and I both used Superman and Supergirl working together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... 
those I think are at least a given. Uh, like they would definitely do that. Like especially now they're so into their shared universe, starting with Batman yeah. v Superman. The tough and... part though that I kind of was wrestling with is that if you put Superman in it, isn't he going? Like, how do you not have him overshadow her? Yeah, that's what I thought too. That well, that's why I didn't bring him into it. Mm-hmm. But also in mine, she never gets to Earth, so she never is really Supergirl. Mm. She's just a fighter. She's interesting. Hmm. She has this kind of the same. She doesn't have any powers over anybody else. She's just kind of fighting for her home planet. So mine is all kind of goes the the route of um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy in that it's just in space. There's no Earth. There's none of that. She's just a fighter fighting for her homeland. And so she never quite becomes the Supergirl that we know, at least from these the movie and the TV show, which I'm cool with because I like it when they kind of give an origin story that doesn't quite reveal yeah. everything about the character and is right. focused more on the character than anything else. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I do feel like there should be, though, because that's the one part that I am thinking is that if we are talking about today, because that's the other part, too, is that yours, Adam, was set in, I'm, I'm assuming, like 1986 or something like that. <laughs> that yeah. Um, I think so if it's we with those that Terrence Stamp, that would be awesome. So. Like, that story would fly and people would love it. Well... I'm not so sure that I think, yeah, I think Supergirl lost him with the whole inner space thing. It lost me, and I'm a sci-fi guy. Because uh, <laughs> they never bothered to explain it. This one would somehow yeah, be explained well, Yeah, better. that hurt, too. Jor-El um, would be back. Marlon Brando would explain but it. But I, I think easily, Adam, if you change that to, they, like in mine, they just escape to another planet, and we kind of forget that Supergirl 1984 ever <laughs> right. happened. Right. I well, and it, it has to have a yellow sun, this new planet, that so that they can right. maybe be superpowered. That's the only thing, because like, for me, like my favorite part of Man of Steel was the Krypton stuff with Russell Crowe. Like, right. I thought uh, that was the best part of that movie. It was movie. really cool. So, like, I love your idea of putting basically a bunch of crypt- a new Kryptonian society together on, on another planet. Like, that, I'm kind of all for that, since Superman's business is all earth-based you know so let let her have space like that right i would say though that there should be in a in a in a in a supergirl movie i think that there should be one some sort of a like homage to the original like let's not pretend that the original didn't exist let's not continue it necessarily but there's got to be like whether it's a cameo or whether make some sort of a reference to it or some sort of a connection but also that's where i like you were saying adam that connection to the larger dc universe where it's kind of like where it does end with her like some sort of a connection where we can now see her in another movie somewhere or something like that well, I, this, this is this is what I like because I, I definitely agree with that. I think that's awesome because like you got to get like Helen Slater. I like if if it was Justin's scenario, I see Helen Slater coming in as like the the military person that comes in and trains her. It teaches her, but that's, so she's one of the group that like she runs into along the way. Yeah, exactly, and, she, and so she's kind of part of this rebel, whatever. That'd you be kind of cool. Can yeah. Helen Slater act now? <laughs> uh, uh, well, no as comments. a military, you only yeah. need. I mean, one like look at Glenn Close in uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy. She had like four lines. Yeah, yeah, Not but that Glenn she Close act. is amazing, <laughs> right? But like again, with those four lines, there's only so brilliant you can be in four yeah, lines. That's true. But but like but I guess but I I want I I want to see Jeff's I, I love the premise that Jeff has at the beginning so like to say okay here's this society and they've 
they've set themselves apart justin you know kind of mm-hmm. kind of t- tiny years they found a new planet that's where they are and what do they do they build this computer that helps them stay alive and runs gives them everything they need they're too dependent on it in the meantime i think you could totally have feora and her group like show up at a certain point like or just they're in the area and they're now like you know tracking kryptonian dna or something so they zero in they're able to find the new planet and then what happens but all the drama with brainiac framing kara still happens she still goes to earth okay and she and she would run into you know to superman briefly uh you know like just like in terms of like well, maybe not. Maybe we do leave him out. But she right. She well, what if we combine those two though? Yeah. What if instead of doing Brainiac and the Zod faction, mm-hmm. what if it's like they show up and they say, like, let's say that it. Well, except for that, the timeline doesn't work as well. But something where they show up, like maybe it's not the same group. Maybe it's like an outlier or something like mm-hmm. that, and that they they kind of say like we offer order like we can get you guys in shape and so they bring like you know like they declare martial law but they get the society working and then um and how about it's happening during man of steel so feora is on earth at the time so so it's it's her group but they don't know she's involved and then after like they offer order they put brainiac in place and all that stuff then Feora kind of shows up after Kara gets exiled, maybe something like that. I am so lost. Really? <laughs> right. I'm not going to lie. about the Brainiac thing. Why I was just saying, let's just have the... Okay. Is Interspace there? <laughs> no Interspace. No, this would be no Interspace. <laughs> uh, unless you want to get Martin Short and Dennis Quaid in this film. That that would be a Hell yeah. six Dude. version. <laughs> uh, they just, she injects herself into Martin Short, then she's talking to Martin Short. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> different movie no no so jeff i see what you say though so leave brainiac out of it but just have this group come in we offer order but like what do you think about that idea of feora coming in after the fact and that's when yeah. they realize they're well that's trouble. exactly they're what like, i was Oops. saying like like yeah. like maybe they or because that could even be the the reveal because i for me i'm a big fan of like Especially when you're doing a comic book movie, I like not revealing the villain and kind of letting people guess and then you reveal it later. Mm -hmm. So it could just be this military group shows up and then you don't know that it's actually Zod's people until, you know, at some point, what's her name shows up and. Yeah. Oh, so a military group shows up to where they are, the the new planet, Mm -hmm. and offers them uh, protection or order or whatever. Yeah. And, well, okay. like, yeah, or like maybe not even offer. I mean, I guess it is kind of an offer, but it's just it's this idea that they show up like right off the bat, you know, because because that was the thing, too. And again, I, I was confused by this part in Man of Steel, but I was reading the synopsis of Man of Steel. And apparently in Man of Steel, the explosion that destroyed Krypton is what freed Zod's people from the Phantom Zone. Right. Well, okay. But yeah, but that's basically what happened in Superman 2. Yeah, so they they were just kind of gra- well, I mean, yeah. Superman 2, didn't they fly through and then they landed on like crashed into Well, it, it was the explosion of Krypton that like sent their little disc thing flying off right. course of that But they were still there and it wasn't And then until, Superman right, right, right. sent the missile up at the end of Superman 1 and it blew up and anyway. Um Okay. 
Uh, but so yeah, yeah, yeah. So then the, my thought was is that because you know, Zod had a full on like spaceship in the 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 negative zone or the 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 mm-hmm. phantom zone. Um, so either a as soon as they're freed, they see these people there and they go there or like maybe he has two ships or something like that. And so he like sends one ship to go and do like that. And then he, the, the main, the, the mothership heads to earth. Sure. Yeah. Why not? So, but the question I'm having now is, okay, so we kind of get all that established what's going on on the planet. The, the question becomes then, are we going with, justin's idea that she never has powers or does she get exiled go to earth and gain these powers but somehow bring them back with her to or maybe this new planet is like like that that's the other thing i don't understand is like is she going to be supergirl with powers or is she just going to be kara the warrior essentially i kind of like what if that's like yeah what if that's the reason that she needs super like that's what she's learning from superman essentially because that was kind of, I guess, what we learned from Man of Steel is when to use your powers and when not, or how to use them proper, whatever, something like that. Was but but what will we were supposed she to have from- them? You know what I'm saying? Because well, it- she would if she goes to Earth. So if she's exiled, that's why she needs to track down Superman and says, I can't go back because I'll, I'll be powerless and they'll kick my butt. And so then she needs to be trained by Superman. So, so but, she but can how go- does she? But but you're saying but he's going to train her just how to fight without powers kind of or or maybe it's it's because it's not about it's not like yeah kung fu it's about who you really are Hmm. whatever the heck kevin costner was supposed to be teaching (laughs) him in the first move well my 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 thought is that like this is what popped in my head is yes like she goes there she realizes she could have this power but if she returned it would be gone and that she meets up with like the like the scientist you know that was working for the government and that he gives her like some type of like uh device you know like a gauntlet or whatever it is that allows her to have that yellow sun power even though she's back on this new planet that doesn't have it so she can retain her powers you know what i'm saying like i i don't know if that well except for though the the Zod's people won't have powers. Well, I feel like if, if I thought we did maybe it that they way, developed the technology then because they want to be able to have the power. Yeah. Like, like I mean, that actually, Adam, I think you're onto something there with if they come back uh-huh. and they have this this technology developed from their retreat from Earth. Yeah, they've they developed this technology and they mm-hmm. come back offering protection because they have this. And protection turns into domination. Yeah. And uh-huh. Kara is able okay. to get that from that. I mean, ultimately, that doesn't make her any more. That doesn't solve the problem, but that makes her able to be, quote unquote, Supergirl. Right. Exactly. Like, 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 and then, but then at the end of the film, she would return to Earth. And maybe that's when she meets Superman. Like, that's the other thing I'm trying to think is like, why wouldn't Superman just fly back with her? You know what I'm saying? Like, why? Right. Well, maybe he does. And and maybe he does, and her. it's just like he's not. Because, because again, that's my thought is is that if I'm seeing it, what we're talking about here is that taking place like after Man of Steel. So 
maybe this this society so like after krypton had exploded this society started to rebuild but then after man of steel then zod's people come and take over because they've developed this technology mm-hmm. and so then they and then kara like fights back but then is defeated so she's exile or whatever and that's why okay. she would go to earth and then she would get trained uh, or like figure out you know the tech whatever it is and so she needs because like that could be the thing is that maybe she steals the the at, at the beginning she steals that technology from Zod's people and tries to fight them but she doesn't know how to wield it mm, which is okay. why she has to go to Superman be trained come back and then there has to be some moment where like her powers are no longer sufficient and that's where she becomes a real hero and yeah but again so i I think that works well like you said so the exile portion is handled by zod's people and then she gets to earth realizes she has powers and realizes oh that's the powers they realize they had that's why they created the technology to keep it now i can come back and fight but i'm just saying if superman is the one helping her understand that Right. What is it that keeps him back? from just going and saving the day? And then what is she good for? You know, like, like that's my concern with that. That's why I like it ending. I like the movie ending on Earth. Yeah, exactly. Well, but I, I, I well, it could be like, to get her, which is why I had it be a race to like the goal was to dist- get revenge on Earth and destroy mm-hmm. Earth. Yeah. And so I mean, she saves the day, but eventually ends on Earth. And it's clear that she's going to be tied in with everything else that happens there right it could be that that you know superman can't leave i mean who knows what they're gonna do with doomsday in this new movie like maybe he's got to fight doomsday <laughs> so so he's that's i was like so maybe it's something about the timeline of what's going on where like you know yeah it's in the middle of <laughs> batman v superman and he just happens to take a break or maybe it's like just before Batman v Superman happens sort of so like he meets her he he's training her a little bit and then all of a sudden like when she takes off he's that's when Batman is attacking him (laughs) or how about this how about this fix he's been on the planet so long that he cannot survive without this that sun anymore hmm well, He's that was sort of so a bad reliant steel, on like, like we Earth's sun that he couldn't that adjust. But yeah, I see what you're stay. saying. Okay. That so, she's uh, just learning. She can overcome that. He can't. And he just tells her, he's like, I did a test one time where I flew out as far as I could. And I couldn't, I, you know, I got to a certain point and right. I couldn't survive. Yeah, I don't think he even needs to have a test. I think it, just, it needs to be one line that's like, this is why I can't leave. Well, See, right. I, he has to tell us right. that he figured it out because otherwise right. he's just like, I'm pretty sure I can't survive uh, anymore. Exactly. He seems like a wiener. Yeah. Uh, well, because this <laughs> Sorry, the other I, thing I, is I though, can't handle it. Right. With this Superman, he could just be a jerk. What? Nope, not going. That seems kind of in character for Henry Cavill. <laughs> I'm not into it. See ya. <laughs> I gotta go destroy some more cities. Sorry, bye. Exactly. Oh, gotta make serious. out with this chick with my shirt off. Sorry, dude. <laughs> uh, now we gotta make him a little bit more noble. But uh, but no, doesn't I, look very noble in this new movie. I gotta say. Really? You don't think so yet? I don't know. I, I the still trailers think... make him look like an egomaniacal jerk or something. <laughs> I don't know. People bowing to him. You're whatever. you're buying into the Batman Bruce Wayne propaganda, sir. 
I don't know. I'm I'm buying into the I'm real nervous about Zack Snyder. <laughs> I, 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 But no, but I, I like I like this story. I, I I think I it's something that people could again get excited about. Not you don't really have to worry about do I know who Supergirl is, what whatever. Like it, yeah. it ties enough into continuity, but it's still its own film that, yeah. that now, she do gets you know, to be her own hero. Do you know Adam is the one that's the most familiar with the show? Have they done their her origin? How did they do that? Like in the yeah, first episode, yeah. Well, well the, the origin it's it's actually explained every week in the credits. So oh. basically, it's a pretty long opening credit sequence. Basically, she says <laughs> it's twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, they the just show. replay the first twenty minutes. No, but it, basically, she was sent to Earth to protect Kella. Like she she was already oh. a teenager at the time, but her. Her, uh, you know, spaceship got knocked off course, so she was delayed in getting there. So that's the problem. Like she was like in a cryo sleep or whatever, you know, as a teenager, and then she finally crashes, and then she's, you know, now she's and she's in her mid twenties. But yeah, he's already Superman, you know. So it's like, it, it's what it's a scenario where it was just like the time, the timing didn't work out for her to do what she was supposed to do. That's basically <laughs> which I think the didn't I read? That's I think great... I read that that's that's the the. The, the current comic book of right. Supergirl, I think that's her story right exactly. now. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they they've they've taken that and that seems to be the strongest version right now. Mm. But yeah. That's awesome. So like now let's let's get into casting real quick here and just kind of say who are we seeing as Supergirl oh, now? Supergirl. Because yeah, I, mean, we, I hadn't thought about this. Uh, I mean, there's always the discussion, is the TV, you know, going to carry over into no. the films? But well, not if we're, re, not if we're redoing universe. the intro story. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're retelling it. So, right. And also, it feels like they're doing it different. They're like the Flash is a different person in the TV and the movie. And so... Which I'm, and that was that was one of my thoughts for one of the pitches. Although it was going to get way too much and not have enough Supergirl, is that that should be the movie? Is that Crisis on Infinite Earths? Now we've got all of these different you know superheroes, and then you right. have the Green Arrow going against the Green Arrow, and shows how much faith you have in the Supergirl character. We got to pack this thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, but she'll never uh, have existed. I don't know, man. Who's like a really strong? Megan Fox. Oh, oh uh, yeah, no. <laughs> no way. Oh. You know who is, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm trying to think, like, because what I always have to look past is, okay, well, they don't have blonde hair. Well, anybody could have blonde hair. You know what I'm saying? Like, Plus, she's going to have both. I mean, I always mm-hmm. like that, especially at some point, she's got to have blonde and then put on the brunette wig. But, so but, she's a brunette. But, she, but in this story, she doesn't really have a reason to have an alter ego. I think it would be funny as, like, the homage that you were talking about at one scene when she's, like, sneaking through to get the gauntlet or whatever, she puts on a brunette. Well, and that could even be, yeah, that could be, or that if if that's how it ends, where she ends, like Justin said about ending on Earth, or oh yeah, totally part of the training, even that like we got to get you an alter ego, yeah, 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 like he's like if you're gonna stick around, you're gonna need some help, you know, (laughs) you're gonna need this. I just put on glasses, but maybe you should try a wig, you know. Anyway, but yeah, like I, I was trying to think, you know who I, I don't know if she's the right, and I don't know if body type has anything to do with it, but I was thinking about the girl who, I think she's from Game of Thrones that was in Terminator oh, Genesis. Oh, dude, yes. She was very cool. 
Yes. Like, I thought she could she could play that part pretty Perfect. well, like the I, warrior. I, don't, I can't remember her name, but yeah. 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 Khaleesi or whatever. Daenerys, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. She. I like her a lot. Yeah, you know what? You're right. I I think I see. I think I see that as uh, as yeah. A if you convince Jeff, then I you know, know it's it, it wow. Push. Am yeah. I that guy? Oh. You're the critic, man. <laughs> you're the critic for sure. You you're you're the one. You you know what you like. <laughs> it's not often what we like, but um, no. So that's good. So we got her. Hey, star power right there. Um, yeah. But seriously. again, because she's she's got enough notoriety from Game of Thrones, but she's also not a huge name, so she can grow into it and be like, ah, right. here we go. Just like Henry Cavill existed, you know, but people, you know, he wasn't anybody's definitive this or that. So now yeah. he's Superman, which is cool. Um, now, uh, obviously, if Feora's in this, just get the same actress back, yeah. you know, and her accent and everything that she does. Um, and then I I'm trying to think, like, uh, as far as, like we said, the Helen Slater cameo, um, in this scenario, now we're saying that, you know, essentially uh, Superman is training her. I wonder if, like, if, if Helen Slater should be human or should she be a Kryptonian on the planet that's kind I think of she a should be a Kryptonian. She should be one of the, like, generals on the good side yeah, or whatever. Maybe she like, gets, one, of the, well, one of the people that she ends up fighting with or fighting under. Yeah. Uh, right. uh, what if she's the, the mom? Okay. Well, oh, see, what that, if she's that seemed mom. really obvious to me though. That was the only thing I was like, ah, that's kind of corny to make her the mom. What was my, was why I didn't suggest. But that's what that. they always do. Well, that's is what it I'm still saying, corny? <laughs> corny or not, that is what they've done on the Supergirl TV show. Helen Slater is the adopted Earth mother of Kara Zor-El. And former TV Superman Dean Kane is her adoptive Earth father. Well, that but that she could just be there and be like the mentor character, but not the mom per se. But then, yeah. at, you know, at a certain point, like Feyre is torturing her, and that really gets Kara. You know, she could be on the council. Go. She could be like the head of the council. Ah, okay, but she's but she's not as stuffy as the rest, and she. You know, it's kind of on on Kara's side. Or, or she's something. the stuffiest. <laughs> uh, who do you think you are? A super girl? <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> That'd be hilarious and terrible. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but then, like, because that's what I'm like saying. Me like me in 1984? <laughs> Wink. <laughs> Don't get your hopes up, girl. <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, I'm just trying to think of anybody else that were really... Because, like, the cast itself is pretty small because it's going to be a lot of, you know, military type leaders and whatever right. else is happening, just like the back and forth. So, right. Well, wouldn't we need, would we need a family for her? Would she need parents. a mom and a dad? Yeah. Um, Cause like, would I think feel like Zorel would be a fair, at least in my, like the, the, mm-hmm. that I was kind of picturing it would, it, she would be a fairly, he would be a fairly large, yeah. You know, depending on when we started the film, if it starts with them building the society. Yeah, absolutely. And the, I mean, the good news is like he doesn't have to be super old or anything. So he could, it could be like, you know, um, you know, a pretty established actor, but it doesn't Hugh have Jackman. to be like Anthony Hopkins or something. Hugh Jackman. Huh? I don't I don't know that the Fox is going to be happy with him, but I guess he's done. You know, he's got one more movie and he's out now. I'm in um, this DC universe. What about uh, what's the uh, Chris Pratt? <laughs> Chris Pratt. Well, what's somebody that kind of looks like Russell Crowe? 
Oh, you know, you know, actually, who'd be great? Sam Neil. What about Sam Neil as Zorel? He just hasn't been around, but he's still great, and he's he's you know a distinguished Sam older Neil. fellow. Yeah, he seems too old though. Really? To okay. have a teenage daughter? Yeah, he's he's pretty old. That's how they do yeah. it on Krypton, man. <laughs> <laughs> They get them old chicks pregnant. I mean, just think, Marlon um, Brando was like, a, he had totally white hair, and, and he was having a baby, and his wife was like 45 or 50. That's true. So, Dude, what about Gerard Butler? Hmm, okay. See, I was thinking that, too, because he does kind of look like Russell Crowe, although we yeah. did just put him in our last, uh, <laughs> who was he? Was he our hook? Yeah. Yeah. He was our Oh, hook. nice. What about Ryan Gosling? He kind of looks like Russell Crowe. What? He's, Doesn't he's, he? With but a scruff? I don't know that he'd have a daughter. What about, uh, what's his name, Steve? Buscemi? Yes. So. That was in The Big Short with Ryan Gosling. Anybody see Big Steve Short? Carell. Steve Carell. Yeah. <laughs> so Carell. I'm Steve Carell. As a as a scientist, yeah. Well, superhero so, movies have so enough we'll problem being taken seriously, and then you put a comedian in a dramatic role. I, I guess I worry. Tom Hardy. Tom, he could do anything. He, he can. Do it. It's true. Yeah. Christian Bale. That'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm your father. Oh, Tell me who gosh. Superman is. I don't know. I don't know what he would want to know, but I, I don't know. I I think I think you know either. Gerard Butler, or who's the other guy? Clive Hugo Owen, Weaving. who's kind of like interchangeable. One of those. Clive Owen, he hasn't been. Daniel I mean, Day since Lewis. The Clive Owen, <laughs> Daniel Day. I feel like Daniel Day Lewis wouldn't do it unless that that uh, that part was like for a wild man that <laughs> had this entire backstory, and the movie was about him. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, See, the only I thing like, about Clive Owen, I is like Clive I, Owen. Don't know how much he looks like Russell Crowe. Yeah, well, what, yeah, whatever. Who cares? They're, yeah. they're siblings. That's, not, that's fine with twins. you guys. Okay, yeah, that I was like my only. Yeah, he could right. sort of be related. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's good. And then the mother, anybody? Uh, and, and we're not it, doing what's her name, huh? No, Helen Slater. I like her as a military or member of the council, something like that. A little more, Who's little a more famous respect. Blonde. I'm trying to think of just like Alicia a, Silverstone. <laughs> Oh. Get all these Batman actors to bring it back to Clueless. <laughs> she is great, but um, yeah, I'm trying to think of like a a more like established actress who's still kind of hot. Because you always want to have like a sort of hot mom in there. Because why not? <laughs> Sarah Michelle Gellar <laughs> might be a little peek into my psyche. I don't know. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah. Oh, by the way, just for Christina you, Adam, Apple. I think at the end of mine, I forgot to throw this in. But uh, Feora and Kara uh, mud wrestle. Oh, great! That's yeah, in the director's cut. Honor. <laughs> yeah, so what they go to the Uma Phantom Thurman Zone space? and they wrestle in the buck, like in the yeah. Supergirl movie. Yeah, that'll be great. <laughs> what about Uma Thurman? Uma, yeah, dude, yeah, blonde. Uma would yeah. be great. Again, Batman, but it's fine. And Let's I think Uma Thurman and Clive Owen make a great couple. <laughs> And I, I could feel like they could give birth to uh, Amelia Clark. So, yeah. Minus. Well, actually, the ages are not too far off. Yeah. Well, that's good. Uh, yeah, I think we got our, our main cast Uma. figured out. And then if we're if we're going to go with, you know, poster art, 
Um, are we, I mean, are we just going to stay in that gritty DC universe style right now where it's kind of like washed out a little dirty, like looks like old film stock or yeah. are we going for a brighter, happier, just like Supergirl was more of a fantasy film than necessarily, you know, an action adventure. Dirty space. But, but this is kind of more, I guess, you know, it's, I don't want to say political, but it's got more of like a. A military coup, you know, scenario. So, I'm, I'm just. Trying I think to... it's just going to be basically the S, but like the new S. Okay. Um, and you're just going to see like hair in her chest, and that's pretty much it. That's great. Whoa! Well, I don't know what kind of show you're putting on here. <laughs> I didn't say bear. I just. Well, said... I, I didn't say that either. But either way, if you just show a girl's chest on your poster, I, I don't know what else you're gonna what, go for here. Why don't you, just, why don't you show again? her wearing a tank We're going top. back she's, to Cinemax again. She's got a Superman tramp stamp, and then it's just like that's what we think <laughs> of Supergirl. Yeah. It is. It is back to the intro and uh, talking about. Uh, it's a chicken game. <laughs> No, no. But no, I, 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 I like that idea because it's just kind of saying like, look, you know what you're getting here. Um, yeah. The the only I just wonder if like, because is there is there a scenario where we want to show more of the cast or we literally just want to kind of say like, hey, Supergirl, check it out. Because like the cast is well, I huge. Think one thing. Like, the, there's not a big name in it necessary right for me i feel like um if if we are putting this out today is that we're gonna have to like right now people are familiar with the show and they're familiar with man of steel and that's why i feel like we're kind of we're kind of splitting the difference where it's we're not going as as light as it sounds like the show is but we're not necessarily as heavy as man of steel so i feel like a poster you know should do that should do that you know we can't let people know hey it's just going to be the tv show but in movie form like it's going to be different than the tv show yeah well i feel like There's what it should blood be is... on this suit. <laughs> perfect but like that could be it or like i think she should be striking a dramatic pose but you have the sun in the background so there's like you get kind of that bright not, I would say hope, but, you know, like the power of the sun, since that's kind of the premise of the film in a way, is she's got to harness that power and take it back with her to free, you know, so like there, there's just... That she's got a, a lasso around the sun, <laughs> and she's towing See, it. That's Wonder her. Woman again. And Wonder Woman's flipping her off in the background. <laughs> oh, hey, sorry, that's not my lasso, bit. rope. A lasso of truth. <laughs> it's, uh, it's one of those things that people use to get people off stage. <laughs> the crook. Good, one of those... <laughs> Hooks, yeah. Hooker by crook. Which which is which is which? By hooker by crook. Anybody? Are they both? I, hooks? I don't know. I uh, mean, I always thought that meant by hooker by like stealing. Oh, <laughs> mm. hey, that you might be right there. We're gonna have to do some entomology work. Yes. Do our research. Where is Jeremy when you need him? Get on Google. <laughs> All right, you ask for it. By hook or by crook is an English phrase meaning by any means necessary, suggesting any means possible should be taken to accomplish a goal. The rumored origin comes from a custom regulating which firewood local people could take from common land. They were allowed to take any branches they could reach with a billhook or a shepherd's crook. The more, the more you know. Ah, all right. And then, okay, so uh, Jerry Goldsmith, do we want to get him back but give him a chance to do something oh, not John Williams? Hard. What do you say? 
Now, who, who did, did Man the, of Steel? Uh, music for Man of Steel. I I'm gonna say it. I had to be have been Hans Zimmer, don't you think? Like that they. Yeah, I think in. it was. Yeah, it felt very. He's Zimmery. the DC Universe composer now. You know, like. Oh, it's just so what they we're kind of stuck with him then, aren't we? <laughs> be a collaboration. But yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that be that would be a weird marketing connection that nobody would really get, but that it would give us a little different. Is you get Jerry Goldsmith in there, he's like, well. This is this is what I do for a new age, you know. This is what I would have done all those years ago, or whatever. <laughs> right. Well, it's <laughs> the tough thing. That more. Yeah. If you get Jerry Goldsmith, like he's not, because that's the thing is that Hans Zimmer kind of has one vein that he, one drum that he beats, and so it's going to be like you know, kind of dark and gritty sounding. Jerry mm-hmm. Goldsmith doesn't really do dark and gritty per se. I mean, he he's, I mean, like, think about Rudy and think about, you know, like, you know, those sort of things like that. He does kind of more of the uplifting and themes and yeah. he would want, I would think he would want to kind of go more in the direction of the, uh, the original Richard Donner Superman's where you had the dun dun dun. Okay. And I don't know if that's what we want. Yeah. I, I, as I much as I love saying. it. Trent Reznor. Get him in there. Yeah. He does the soundtracks now. He could give us something. Whatever happened to oh shoot, what's his name? Uh, the guy that with three names. Um, darn Haley it. Joel Osment. Yes, Haley. <laughs> jo- no, 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 no. It's the guy that did. Hang on, give me one second. Sally Jesse Raphael. Paul Giamatti. No, not James. Horner. Paul Giamatti doesn't have it's three some... names. Yeah, Paul Giamatti. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh! I know who it is. It's the guy that did The Rock. Right, some guy. Sean Connery? No, not Hans in the Christian rock. Anderson. No, Nick, you guys Nicholas are the Cage? worst in the history of all. Uh, somebody, okay. we need to go to the phones. Somebody call in right now <laughs> with the answer. None of us are in front of Exactly, we're gonna take a call. Caller, go ahead. I'm on it. I'm on my phone. Who? I love. No, I mean someone was supposed to call us. <laughs> oh, hold, can I call us? Yes, please do. Caller, you're on the air. You're on the air. Uh, Music by. Oh, it's Hans Zimmer. Dang it. Stinking Hans Zimmer. (laughs) He's everywhere. You can't beat him. I'd like to tell you it was Hans Zimmer. I don't get that. Oh, your phone's off. I'm trying to call Adam. That was Bane Uh, calling in. Yeah, my my phone battery died. Sorry. uh, (laughs) Okay, here we go. The person I was thinking of with three names was. Oh, Oh, scroll up. How many people worked on this movie? Oh, my gosh. James Newton Howard. That's who I was thinking of. Because we know no who that is. That. Oh, James Newton Howard did Hunger Games. He did my uh, Maleficent. He did... Um, oh, all the films I didn't enjoy. Okay. Waterworld, Dante's Peak, uh, The maybe, Postman. Maybe Dante's The Postman Six, or Waterworld yes. bring back then. Dinosaur. You know, the that Fugit. haunting Waterworld theme. Treasure Planet. That was just Kevin Costner peeing. Anyway, no, we're off that topic was not here. a theme. Oh. <laughs> he did the Dark Knight. I want the soundtrack track, you know, the CD to have like Mar- the Mariner's urination. Like that's just the title of, of that particular piece of the score. <laughs> trip, trip, trip. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> All right. All right. So great, uh, James Newton Howard. Why not? We don't know who Yay! he is. Give Hans Zimmer a vacation. I guess he's actually working a lot. I thought he needed <laughs> some work, but no, he's been busy. Uh, 
Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. He's in the new Huntsman, or he d- did the new. He's in the, the new Huntsman. He's, he's in like, the new I Huntsman. your role. I'm <laughs> done with this orchestration. He's not mixing. He is actually. He is the Huntsman. <laughs> he is the Huntsman. Chris, uh, Chris Pine. No, not Chris Pine. Hemsworth. Thor, whatever his name is. Chris he's Hemsworth. Done. Yes. He's playing all the roles. James Newton. That's a one-man <laughs> show. Awesome. Uh, Huntsman: it's... Winter's War. Played by James Newton Howard. I don't know what the guy looks like, but I'm imagining that would be hilarious. Uh, so, with that... <laughs> what were we talking about again? Movies? We were talking about the film and no the idea. show is over. All right, so, the Supergirl. Do we need a name beyond Supergirl? I don't think so, right? Or Because I mean, we have Man of Steel instead of Superman. That's true. Think, I think I, you know what's funny is I tried to look stuff. up like what other names does she have nicknames or things <laughs> that she's referred to as, and it's like none. All of her, her aliases. Yeah, I mean, according to oh. the back of the VHS box, it was Girl of Steel, but I, I don't buy it. So yeah, oh, I don't North think Court. I don't think we should go with a Man of Steel, Girl of Steel. <laughs> the yeah, they call her the Person Mighty Girl of, steel. of Steel, the Mighty Maiden. There we go, Mighty Maiden, the, mighty the movie. <laughs> Uh, I mean, like, yeah, I, I don't think anybody's going to, like, you couldn't have another term and have anybody have any interest. But if you say, but yeah. that, I guess, but that's the other thing. If Supergirl's on television, can you right. just throw a Supergirl name up there for a movie? Like, I, I just wonder if they would be upset with their, you know. I feel like, Adam, they're totally going to call the Flash movie The Flash. Okay. That's that's a good point because nobody's gonna know any other reference. All right. Okay. Well, I think we got a pretty good film here, and I I think the people will, you know, it might it might be it also ran in theaters, but it might also be a cult classic years later. (laughs) All the indie houses, go check it out. Yeah. (laughs) So, but uh, it's in 3D IMAX in all the indie houses. Yes. Wow. So if you want to see, if you want to believe a Dame can fly. Come to see oh, our Supergirl, man. 2008. <laughs> That's <laughs> totally our, our hook. <laughs> yep. I just I love that you got. And if anybody out there is taking seriously the fact that I'm using the term dame and being upset <laughs> by it, I, I think just you think need to go back whole, to the third. If 30s. you want to believe a dame can fly, <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it's, it's not uh, so much the dame. If, if it, Frank it, Sinatra for me, was still it's a lot alive, of the dame. <laughs> if Frank Sinatra was still alive, he would be doing our intro and outro themes. That dame could fly. Uh, yes, she and can. And I don't think Frank yeah. is the best example of treating women. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. You know, if Bill Cosby did our intro and outro. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, this is a little dangerous there. Mm. Okay, so with that, thank you for joining us for this episode of Sequel Quest. I had a lot of fun. We hope you did too. And uh, I like how I had a lot of fun. I cannot speak for Jeff and Justin. <laughs> Don't speak for me, Jeff. <laughs> Designed purely for my enjoyment. But uh, with that, as always, check us out on Twitter. Fly on over. Send us a super tweet at SQPod. Tell us if you uh, had another idea for casting. Do you have a perfect Supergirl in mind? Do you think Helen Slater should be written out of the film because you just could not stand her performance? No, no, that would never happen. <laughs> 
<laughs> you can go over to sequelquestpod.com, check out the older episodes. Look, man, we got more than 15 episodes out there for you. Go back. Can you believe it? We got Beetlejuice. We're huh? kind of a big deal. We are. We We're got kind Indiana of a big Jones. Deal. Huh? <laughs> back to the Future. What are some of your favorite franchises? Yes, we did cover them in the early days. <laughs> Now we're covering obscure films from the 80s. No, we we will be getting back into some bigger name uh, films this summer. So be sure to check also the uh, episode schedule section so you know what's coming up. Stay connected with us on Facebook. We're on Google+, Plus, but we know nobody else is there. And uh, <laughs> either way, just just uh, let us know what you're thinking. Five-star uh, rating on iTunes. Leave us a review and let us know why you listen. Let other people know why they should check it out. Because the more the barrier, we can have a lot of fun. And uh, hey, thank you again for joining us. And with that, I wrote to tootie bye. Hey, that dame could fly. Oh, that chick's a dame. You gotta <laughs> love the name. It's Supergirl. Oh, yeah. Oh. There it is. We thank you for joining us for this episode of Sequel Quest P.O.D. We hope you'll return next time when we discuss another film that never was. For more made-up movie fun, visit SequelQuestPod.com to see the schedule of films to be discussed in upcoming episodes, fan art submissions, and more. Follow us on Twitter at SQPod and share your ideas on our Facebook page. The films and characters discussed on Sequel Quest POD are the property of their respective studios and license holders. No copyright infringement is intended. Wait, the weed? The weed. The lead. The, the lead. Oh, the but lead. The Supergirl herself. Correct. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't weed. know what kind of podcast what, what, we were what doing. What would that have meant? <laughs> but the weed was very good. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're talking to the wrong dude. Adam is not that guy. However, I didn't think so. That's why I was puzzled. <laughs> I love that. So with that, the discussion of our outro. <laughs> I think I should just sing that Dave can fly. <laughs> yeah, I think you should go with that. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll just go with that. Okay. <clears throat> Let me just uh, get a new character here. Are you gonna you're gonna sing it like Frank Sinatra? I am. Okay. Oh, okay. And with that, I wrote to tootie bye. Hey, that Dave can fly. Oh, that chick's a Dave. You gotta love the name. It's Supergirl. Oh, yeah. Oh. There it is. I love that. Okay. Well, this was a fun episode, despite the terrible film, wouldn't you say? (laughs) That was a lot of fun, dude.